check. But I'm up at that time 35, 40 minutes before I do that. And then um, I'll check that. And then I'm I'm usually out the door pretty quick to go to F45. I'll come in. I'll actually will come in here and do my goals, gratitude, affirmations, and top three. I do that every morning in my planner. Um, I write my goals down twice a day. It's one of the things I learned from Grant, and it works. So it re- twice really a day. works. Twice or three times a day, you write down your goals, like your big twice goals, like the huge goals, or just like your daily or weekly or yeah. annual goals? No, 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 no. So my goals, I've got, they're in three categories. And this is what I tell people, too. You should be able to share this. Like if somebody asks you what your goals are, you should be very specific. So I've got three goals in my real estate team. So we've got real estate team with EXP. Um, it's one, 16 and 20. So one person as a team lead, I set that this year and I just hired Chase a couple, two or three months ago. He runs the real estate side for me. He's building, building the team, built, adding on new agents, um, 16 million in transactions and then 20 agents on our team by the end of the year. And for my GSD, it's 50, 100, 500, a thousand. So 50 people in our mastermind, hundred people in my community. 500 people at my conference and a thousand of my courses sold. And so that's the two businesses that I own. And then personal, my personal is um, lose 106 pounds because I'm down 80 something Um, time with my girls. I've got four daughters. Um, Me, four daughters. Four dollars. I know, right? Yeah, four dollars. That's the biggest challenge of everything you said. Just found out I'm going to be a granddad. So for the first time last week, yeah, I just found out Friday. Um, And then me healed and whole. I've been on the, you know, just a real journey of just inner healing and um, doing a lot of soul work. And there was some just in the last year, a lot of trauma from growing up that I didn't even realize was there that I, I literally, it's funny. I used to use it as a, almost like a badge of honor until, cause my, um, my therapist asked me, I told you my story, 12 schools in 12 years, went to six different high schools. I moved six times from my sixth grade to my senior year of high school. My therapist looked at me about eight, nine months ago, and she said, why did you, why in the world would you want to move so many times? I said, I didn't. If I ever got in trouble, yeah. my mom, my mom said, go pack a bag. And in 24 to 48 hours, I was on a bus plane and my dad was on the way from Michigan to pick me up. She looked up at me about 15 seconds later and she said, well, how do you think that's, how do you, how do you think that's affected your relationships with all the women in your life who are supposed to love and protect you? And I was like, damn, like it was the second biggest aha moment in my life. It's so funny because I was dating a girl um, for about a year and a half that I loved very much. And three weeks before that moment, I had flew in. She lives in, in Northern California, in Santa Rosa. And um, I had flown into San Francisco. We didn't even make it out of the city. We had an argument. I made her stop and I got out with my bag. And I realized and I realized and she, when she said it, it hit me. It hit me. She was like, Ken, all you're doing at 50, I was 53 at the time. All you're doing is 53 is you're playing the role of that 15-year-old kid with the exception of waiting. Instead of the woman telling you you have to leave, you're packing your bag and you're out before she tells you. And it was like, oh, my. And I literally, when she said that to me, three weeks before that, I had an argument with her and we, I, I made her stop and I got out. 10 minutes, 10 minutes in being there. And so some of the, some of the trauma and some of the things that some of the triggers and some of the things that we deal with as as adults, we have no idea they're rooted in stuff that happened for me 40 years ago. And I had no idea until she said that to me. So it's been a journey of, you know, when I say healed and whole, it's, you know, we're made of a physical body, 
our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and our spirit, man. And so the mind, will, and emotions are the that's the part that's got to be it's got to be worked on. So I have two therapists, <laughs> Lauren. I've got an appointment <laughs> with her tomorrow. Yeah, I have two. You need two to handle it. So <laughs> dude, ain't that isn't that the isn't that the damn truth? But Lauren is Lauren Zollard's one of the top. She's one of the top somatic therapists. So she deals with central nervous system, like things that trigger you, like something yeah. can happen. And I'm like, Ooh, like what? And it's a, you know, fight, flight, freeze or fawn, or like the things that happen when, so trauma, trauma is simply things that happen to us too much, too soon, or, or too fast, too fast, too much, or too, too soon in our life. And this, our, our nervous system can't receive all that. And it causes trauma. And it sets a new baseline in our life. And so, you know, in that relationship that I, I told you, I, I, you know, I, I was, I love that woman and our relationship was so toxic. Um, and I didn't realize why it was toxic because I, I was toxic because she was, she was toxic. We both had went yep. through so much childhood trauma. Neither one of us were healed. Neither one of us knew we needed to be healed. Like we're leaders. We're speaking on big stages. Like, you know, so I, I, I really believe like this next book I've got coming out is really characteristics of champions. Like how do champions, what do champions do that are different than everybody else? But, I, but the next book after that is going to have something to deal with trauma and, and what I've walked through now in the last eight months, really understanding why I got out of the car, really understanding why I would go back to somebody who struggled with, with an alcohol addiction and was mean and mean spirited and very verbally and emotionally abusive when she drank. And I just, I just kept going back because my body, all my body knew growing up was chaos. So when you know chaos, it's familiar. And that familiarity you think is actually love or acceptance when it's not. So that's a, a ton that I've learned in the last eight months, a ton. I love that. I, I resonate with that on one of your things. And, and I had this realization and again, knowing it, but being able to control it is two different things. But um, I had a friend and we were doing something and I got reactive and I almost did that whole, like push you away before you can push me away thing. And he's like, dude, <laughs> what the fuck is your problem? And I'm like, yeah. you know, I have abandonment issues. Like I was abandoned before I was even born. So what, what do you think that's playing out in my life? And he's like, Oh yeah. shit. Okay. I get yeah. it friend. But um, it yeah. is interesting that those patterns will replay themselves in different ways and over and over and over and over ways yes. to navigate it. It still continues mm-hmm. to play out. Yeah. That's one of the things Lauren and I, we, we, she does what she calls somatic experiences where she just takes me back in childhood memories. Uh, and we had one last yeah. week. I was probably 10 or 11 years old. My mom got mad at me and threw a humidifier at me, missed my head and it went through the wall. And she was asking me about that experience and literally like took me. And I was, I literally could remember the room and how the room was laid out. I was like 10 or 11 years old. That was 42 or 43 years ago. And she's yeah. walking me through this whole experience. And it was just like, wow. Like, and then, then teaching me like, like she, the very, very beginning of our therapy, we've been going for six weeks was me finding this, the space for me that brings me peace that calms my nervous system. For me, it's a blue and white striped beach chair with my feet in the sand and I can hear the water and I can feel the sand and the sand's cool. 
So I literally take myself in my mind to that moment. And while all of that was going on in that memory in my mind, she goes, now imagine yourself in that, in that beach chair. And she, and she had even asked me about relationships to my grandparents and my mom's mom, my, we called her granny, um, was super sweet. Love people. She was great. I always loved being around her. She was real calm and you just felt safe. And she, I remember one time in my therapy session last week or a couple weeks ago, she goes, now imagine your, if your granny was sitting in the room when your mom did that. I said, oh, she wouldn't have done that because my granny had been all, oh, Carlene, Jesse, don't you dare throw that thing at your son. Like she would have stuck up for me. But it was funny how yeah. the peace just like the, the pit of your stomach feel when you're thinking about that was just gone. It literally was gone and it was peace. And so learning how to regulate your central nervous system is huge, huge in your relationships, huge in your job, huge in every area of your life. Because when, I just taught on this on my podcast a few weeks ago in my coaching with Ken is the difference between reacting and responding. Reaction is just boom, zero to a hundred. And I, trust me, I still don't get it right. There's times I have to go, dang, like I didn't get that right. And I, I have to learn to give myself grace or then go ask for forgiveness if I did it around somebody else. Um, but response, a response is something that's thought through. It's something that's patient. It's something that you are contemplating. And even though all the emotions are raging, you're learning how to suppress the emotions through finding peace and going, okay, I, I don't, I don't have to. I don't have to do it this way anymore, or I don't have to do it this way the rest of my life. I'm learning a new way. Like you said, cope. I'm learning a new, and not even coping, but I'm learning a new way for me to regulate my nervous system and not my past experiences. I love that. I would say for myself, that would be one of my superpowers is the response thing. Um, Everything I meticulously think about before I respond, I think I had one, reaction and the the sound waves throughout my organization was so detrimental that it was like I can never do that again it literally shook shook the foundation of everybody I knew and so I was like you you you're not allowed to have reaction you yeah. must always and only respond and you and the only thing kid. you can do there is there is yeah. reaction my, <laughs> my daughter knows how to push my buttons more than anybody yeah. on this planet and i do react uh in those situations would, but we're i would i would, dare, I would dare say she's your mini me if that's the way she is oh yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yes, right. it's always I, it's always is. that way she's your mini me oh, yeah. yeah the only you know uh, when you so make a mistake you... like that i was gonna say when you make a mistake like that all you can do is own it all you can 100%. do is own it and apologize and move forward and then go, okay, well, how can I make change so I don't do that again? And, yeah, and, and as a leader, how are, we, are really how, how are we going to together fix this and work on this? Because it is yeah. um, that yep. is what we do, yeah. Yep, yeah. How did you navigate and did you find having daughters, this stuff play out that was done to you uh, from a female figure, did that translate differently to your own kids or was it such a different dynamic that it didn't even play into each other? Um, no, I mean, there, there was, there were moments where I saw the explosiveness of my mom come out. Uh, but one of the things I learned early with my kids, when my daughters were probably six and eight is when I made a mistake, I was very quick to own it and repent. Hey guys, daddy lost his temper and he shouldn't have done that. I'm very sorry, but that's not okay for me to do that. You know, they're young. They don't really understand what that means, but as they grow older, they understand, hey, dad's not perfect, but I'm telling you, the quicker you can own it, 
and go, hey, you know, I, I really made a mistake and I'm really sorry. I love you very much and I'm sorry. It hurts my heart that I hurt you. You know, and as a man, as a father, as a mother, if you can do that with your kids, they're going, my 26-year-old stopped by here today. We're, we're close. Like, she is my mini-me. And, you know, she, I never forget, she went to, she came to Birmingham to go to college. She was working at the melting pot. About two weeks into her job, she called me on a Sunday night. And she said, Dad, thank you for being hard on me. <laughs> she said, or what I thought was hard on me. She said, because you should see some of these other college students that work here. She goes, Dad, thank you. And it didn't take her long. She left there and went to Chick-fil-A and quickly worked her way up the ranks and kept getting promoted at Chick-fil-A. Mm, nice. What was it about being hard? Just disciplined or taking accountability? Yeah. Yeah. B- both. Yeah, because this newer generation, right? That's not the norm. It's you know participation right. awards and let me fix that for you, and they don't have the yeah. fortitude uh, to survive yeah. in the world. Well, yeah. Though, though I, I, we were fortunate with my oldest. She was always real sensitive. She loved God. She was always real sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I remember one night she was about fourteen years old, and she kind of bowed up at her mom, and she was like, "I'm not doing that, blah blah." And I just. I just walked in the room. I got a suitcase and I walked in the hallway. She was arguing with her mom. I handed it to her. I said, here, she goes, what's that for dad? I said, you might as well go ahead and pack your bags and hit the road girl. Cause you ain't talking to your mama that way. <laughs> she looked at me like, what? I'm like, no, seriously, go ahead, go pack your bag. Where am I going to go? I don't know, but you're not going to stay here talking to your mom that way. And uh, I let her go in a room. That, the one th- awesome thing about her was I don't, if, if we had an issue like that, I'd let her go in the room and I'd, I'd tell her, say, you and Jesus need to go have a conversation. And about 15 <laughs> minutes into it, she would always come back and she goes, daddy, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, I get it. It's part of it. And that, and that's the thing too, is not only do you need to own it when you make a mistake, when somebody else makes a mistake and they apologize, you need to, yeah. you need to extend forgiveness and offer them some grace. Go, Hey, you know what? I get it. I love you. I forgive you and move forward. Don't look back. There's a reason the rearview mirror is this big and the windshield's this big. Yeah. And I love that saying because it's so true. You can't be hung up. I mean, obviously with addiction, you can't be hung no. up in the past, man. You got to make your future. And I feel right. like that's where other programs maybe fall a little short because they just keep reliving the past over mm-hmm. and over and over again. There's no room mm-hmm. for the present and the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I agree with that a lot. Okay. So tell me this. What's your biggest tip for finding and eliminating limiting beliefs. So this is, this is my sweet spot. (laughs) This is what I teach on my first course. My first course is all about limiting beliefs. Um, So you have to identify, remove and replace them. So identify them. One of the ways that we identify them is through setting goals, through going after goals. And then what happens is you'll see these limiting beliefs begin to creep up in your mind. Like for me, um, you know, 1,000 courses sold this year. I mean, that's a, that's a 200, that's a 2 million, two, two, two point some odd million dollars in revenue, 1.9 million in revenue. And, you know, I can look in there and go, Ooh, man, can we really do that? Like, can we, is that feasible for 1.9 million? Like just in that one product, you know, what happens is that it, it'll expose scarcity. So identify, remove and replace. So you have to realize that they're there. So you have to be aware. You have to be conscious. You have to be a, a you have to be self-taught. You have to be coachable. You have to be around the right people because you're going to learn real quick what limiting beliefs are there. I teach on six: fear, insecurity, scarcity, comparison, shame, and success. 
Those are the six I talk about a lot. So identify. 